right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, your daily home for Florida Gators coverage and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Zach Goodall. Make sure to throw me a follow on Twitter at Zach underscore Goodall. You can also follow my co-host Demetrius Harvey over at Demetrius82. Demetrius, say what's up to the people. What's up, everyone? I hope you enjoyed yesterday's episode of the Locked On Gators podcast. We apologize again for not having a Monday episode. We're going to make it up for you by having a Saturday episode, a little special preview before the game against Vanderbilt this weekend. You know, it's the first time that the Gators are traveling by plane to another game. So it's going to be interesting to see since, what happens yeah, since after Texas that. AM, yeah. Since, yeah, since the Texas A&M game. Sorry, I meant to say that. But just something that to keep in mind. Hopefully they have safe travels and there and back and nothing happens. I hope yeah, you it sounds this like uh, it sounds like Mullen's got the idea of some protocols changing, and especially with the locker room. Uh, he was talking the other day about his experience with Vanderbilt's locker room. Um, they're just going to have to create a different plan. We'll see exactly what that is, because I don't know how mm-hmm. you plan it other than just doing really small groups of people in the locker room at a time. But it'll be interesting, and yeah, we we'll really see what, how they've progressed in terms of handling trips in the week or two afterwards. Right. For sure. It'll be a storyline. Meanwhile, I'm feeling good here getting ready to record this pod, Demetrius, because you, uh, if you guys don't know, we also run the Sports Illustrated's website for Florida. Uh, and on our social account, I tweeted out probably our best tweet so far the other day about Kyle Trask being the betting favorite for the Heisman. We did the water, earth, fire, air intro from Avatar. And replacing fire was a picture of Kyle Trask and Dan Mullen. Kyle wearing the uh, orange Gators jersey from the other night just as a nice touch. His dad just liked the tweet. His dad is down with the Avatar memes. (laughs) See? Somebody else, an old, old quote-unquote, understands the meme. He's out here liking Avatar memes. Uh, Kyle Trask's dad is a real one. Kyle, if you're listening, we love your dad. Anyway, uh, yep, the, we, t- tonight's episode, we probably won't be going over Kyle too much. I think, well, I guess we will. We're, t- we're going to talk about his invite to the Senior Bowl in the third segment. Him and a couple other guys ha- have all gotten their invites, and only four of them now have accepted. We're coming up on the five that Florida had last year. and They had four going into the week. Tyree Cleveland showed up very last second. Uh, so that'll be fun to talk about. That'll be at the end of the show. But first, we're going to go over UF's issues giving up explosive plays on defense. Uh, throughout our first segment, and then the second one, maybe we'll reference Trask a little bit, but we're going to talk about his big-bodied receivers and Trayvon Grimes and Justin Shorter, what they provide to this offense. I think we've touched on it, uh, and Demetrius wrote about it on Tuesday, uh, that Shorter has looked up to Grimes since he was in eighth grade, a cool little bond that they have. And now they're out here making huge highlight grabs for Florida at the X position, so... Fun show lined up for you guys today, but first, I guess we'll go ahead and get into the negatives. Uh, We've talked about it before with UF giving up explosive plays. They want to be a bend and not break defense, but they do break on occasion. We've seen it. It's A reporter said that he wanted to sum it up as like a high-risk, high-reward defense, and Grantham even said, while we know him to be aggressive, he said, I don't think that's true. It's more that they are calculated in what they're doing, they just systematically can create these sacks and tackles for loss. But while those are nice, and Florida does lead the SEC in sacks, they also gave up 10 explosive plays to Arkansas. 
And, and Demetrius, you mentioned before the show, they only gave up nine to Georgia. And that we know that's because they don't have a competent quarterback. There was room for plenty more. There was room for over a dozen against Georgia. But we've got 10 against Arkansas. You've got uh, six given up in the run game, and they define that as a gain of 10-plus yards. They gave up six uh, rushes of 10-plus yards, which went for a total of 144 yards. That comes out to 24 yards per carry on explosive plays, which there were six of. Uh, and then the passing game, they do it by 15 yards per play. And UF gave up four of those for a total of 169 yards, and we know that two of them were huge uh touchdowns with Mike Woods from Felipe Franks. One of them was 82 yards and one was 47, but you remove those from the equation and the other two given up are still over 20 yards per play. With those two, it's 42 yards per passing play on explosive plays. So, Demetrius, sorry for ranting with a bunch of numbers and stuff, but the bottom line is we, we keep looking forward to Alabama already because it's tough to talk about Vanderbilt this week. And talk about an offense that creates explosive plays. This is going to be Florida's issue at that point. Yeah, I mean, basically what Zach just said, I understand he just threw out a bunch of numbers at you guys. And, you know, I'm not a math guy myself, so I think that, you know, a lot of people out there, you guys might not be math guys. And what he just said is Florida's pass defense is bad at times. Very bad. Like un, uh, unremarkably or remarkably bad at times, especially giving up the deep ball. And we kind of went into the game against Arkansas. We said it a bunch of times. Felipe Franks is going to get those deep balls in. And he did just that. You know, I think it was what the second possession of the game for Arkansas, or maybe even the first, where Felipe Franks throws the 47 yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. It was a perfect ball right over Kyer Elam. We kind of went back right before the podcast started. We kind of went back and looked at it to see maybe we can see whose fault it was. I don't necessarily like assigning blame in these situations because you don't know what kind of defensive coverage they were running. Perhaps a safety was supposed to be over the top. Perhaps it was Kyer Elam's fault where he was supposed to play a little bit more off and keep trailing or, you know, however he was supposed to play the route. Regardless, it was another explosive play given up. Even if it was something due to miscommunication, that's too many miscommunications we see from the Gators defense every single week. I think that this is something that is just not going to be resolved, or even if it is resolved to a minimum extent, it's not enough. There's not enough games for this to get corrected. There's only four games remaining. You're playing teams that probably want to just end their seasons already: Vanderbilt, Tennessee, Kentucky, even LSU. At this point, Zach, I, I don't know if they want to keep going on with all that going on. Right. So you're gonna ha- you're gonna have to play your first, in my opinion. And now I don't mean to trash these teams, but in my opinion, your first competent, your next competent opponent is going to be Alabama in that SEC championship game, unless something disastrous happens to the Gators before then. I, I see it being and Kentucky. So, if any of these yeah. last four teams, just because we know Kentucky can be a bit of a thorn. Yeah. We've said the yeah, same thing they, about Missouri, and they did curb stop Missouri. So what am I saying? I, I right. usually and, don't and we, get this stuff right. But Kentucky, and we, Kentucky defensively, at least. We pounded no. We pounded the the table for a trap game against Arkansas because they had you know maybe a little bit of a better defense this year than last year. I mean, significantly better, but I mean they went from one ten to fifty five. So how much better are they actually? Uh, and look what happened. So <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I do. But Kentucky is also like consistently just better defense, right? Consistently fact, a better should, defense. While you're talking, I'll look up their team rankings, but they were top twenty nationally at, at one point this year. 
Sure, but while we're talking about that, last just on the 14th this this weekend, they gave up 35 points to the team that the Gators are slated to play this Saturday, and they only won by three. You know, they won 38 to 35 against Vanderbilt. Like that doesn't seem like a competent team to me. I understand that you know maybe teams just play a little bit up to their competition. Maybe Vanderbilt scored a lot more in the fourth quarter, which they did, but they also scored in the second and the third. It's not as if Kentucky has been playing lights out this year. I just, I'm not trying to say that Kentucky is a terrible team, and they are down to 40th in team defense now. I should say, right, right. So I mean, regardless, what I'm trying to say is basically the next competent team in terms of their offensive prowess you're going to play unless you count LSU, which I do to an extent, but you know, if they're still out without the quarterback and their season is a dumpster fire as it is right now, then I think that Alabama is going to be the next big game that they're going to play. And you got to fix this pass defense. You don't have enough time. And that's, that's basically the, 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 the end of all of that rant. But how do they do it though? That's just, that's (laughs) the big thing is why, I mean, the biggest question I think every last person will ask is why is Donovan Steiner still playing? And like, <laughs> we, we, I, I can't think of a million things he's done wrong as of late, like we've seen throughout his career at points. Right. But at the same time, you just consistently see these things happening. We did see it earlier in the year too, where he he does get his eyes stuck in the backfield so much, and we've seen it with Sean Davis at times too. Like you and I have both, maybe it's more me have given Davis a lot of credit for making these flash plays and seemingly playing more sound football. But I'm going to be honest, like recently he's not been playing perfect either. It it might, it might be a case where the other safety and I like Donovan as a person, you know, we, we, we both like Donovan as a person and how he, you know, takes command of the game in terms of how hard he plays. I don't think that anybody's questioning how hard he's playing, but it's more of the fact that you see Rashad Torrance come in week in and week out as a backup and he plays well. I haven't really necessarily seen huge plays given up by Torrance. And if you do see a play given up by him, at least he has the added caveat or excuse of being a freshman. Mm-hmm. You know, he, you I can think at least the last take those time he really because... did that was more contributing to big plays earlier in the year. They've gone right. down. Rather, he seems sound. Right. And, he seems sound when he comes down. And to be and, and to be fair to the Gators' defense in general, over the past three weeks, in my opinion, I've seen a remarkably improved defense. And that's because of Kyrie or Kyrie, Kyrie Campbell, sorry, uh, playing the, the defensive line and they're able to play these guys in their positions. And we were talking about it a little bit before the podcast. I didn't realize how much of a, of an issue it would be for the Gators to be without Campbell. And to, you, you, apparently they weren't able to play these guys in the positions that they were slated to play in before the season, because one guy is out. So, We'll talk about this maybe a few weeks from now, but just think about when Campbell leaves, he's a senior, he's leaving. When he leaves, who are you like? How are you going to replace? Are you going to have the same issues next year? Like, I know that there's a portal to happen, there's going to be more transfers, development, but that's going to be a huge issue moving forward if he's that big of a deal, and or you don't even have a backup that can help your other guys play. Uh, but but I digress. I think that these guys have played much better and sound defense running to the football. I think that Todd's right on that. Same with Dan Mullen. He's talked about the intensity that these guys have been playing with the past few weeks. But we really need to see, or you guys for sure want to see, these these guys play a little bit better in the back end. And I think that the safeties, and I think that sometimes the cornerbacks at times can you know play a little bit better than they have been. 
I'm with you without a doubt, and I will give them that credit. It's been mm-hmm. a different past three games than the first three, it, without a doubt. Absolutely. It's been a much more sound unit, but it's going to be these explosive things that are the death of them. We've seen the pass rush improve. I think that's taken mm-hmm. huge advantage of it's really the only thing that's capitalizing on a good offense because the rest of the defense just looks lost, but they are able to come out and do some things to set the offense back up. Um, but the rest of it... They're actually just, able to force punts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're, we're able to see... We've seen a lot more out of them rather consistently that you can rely on that group compared to other parts of the defense. But I digress as well as you because we've gone a bit long here, and we are going to be moving back to offense. Trayvon Grimes, Justin Shorter... X, boundary receivers, the guys with length that can go and make those absolutely spectacular catches. More on them after these messages. What's up, everybody? This is Zach Goodall, host of the Locked On Gators podcast. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Whether it's work, friends, family, a million pressing social issues, or just an expectation in general to be on 24-7. Sometimes you need to just take a moment, turn off. Hit reset. You need to chill. And that's when you reach for a Coors Light. Especially on game days, man. I'll tell you what, I can't really drink much during college football Saturdays, but on NFL Sundays, it's therapeutic for me, man, to sit down, drink a beer, and enjoy some football. And that's what I do. I'll reach for a Coors Light. It's the official beer of watching any sport, just to drink beer. It's mountain cold refreshment that's literally made to chill. It's cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. Coors Light is the beer I choose when I need to unwind. So when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. That's get.coorslight.com to get Coors Light delivered straight to your door. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. You know, I've been trying to get back in the gym recently but I just couldn't figure out what to do after. Sure, I can just make a protein shake, but that's annoying. It doesn't always taste good and can be time-consuming. That's why I've started to eat Build Bars right after my workout. Not only do they taste amazing, but they are incredibly healthy with 19 grams of protein in the peanut butter flavor. I can't go wrong. Now, I'm not a keto guy myself, but it's a low-calorie, low-sugar profile that makes it easier for any of you out there that are. Right now, you can go to BuildBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuildBar.com. All right, Demetrius, I'm going on mute. You're Because in case you guys, if you do pay attention to our site, you saw I had a little off day today and Demetrius was a workhorse writing all these stories for us. And he wrote one, I know this is big one of the day, on Justin Shorter's relationship with Trayvon Grimes and his mother coming in, uh, helping out down here in Gainesville, throwing passes to him, and just his growth as a receiver. Now, we've seen these guys both playing that boundary role. We talk about their Trayvon Grimes is just blown away by Justin Shorter's catch radius, what he's able to do to go up and get that ball. So, Demetrius, with that, these two guys playing similar positions, both finding unique successes. Tell me all about them. Yeah, I mean, if you guys want to go to allgators.com, you can read the story. Uh, I took some time to do it. You know, it no big deal. I, I put some put some work in. So maybe you guys can go ahead and read it. No. Uh, yeah, go ahead and give us the clip. Y- yesterday, 
<laughs> yesterday was was fantastic. That that well, I guess it would be two days ago for you guys, but yesterday was fantastic in terms of having these guys, Trayvon Grimes and Justin Shorter, on the podium. You know, on on the same day, it was great. That was a star-studded group of players that they were able to give us, and they gave us some really good stories. Uh, Shorter was talking about prior. Actually, let's go back. So Grimes was talking about prior to Shorter coming on how the two would make, not bets, but they would make like little comments, you know, before the game. Shorter would come up to Grimes and say, you know, I'm getting two, you're getting two this week. Or I'm getting one, you're getting one. And they're talking about touchdowns. This week, while Shorter didn't get the two touchdowns, he got one. Grimes did get the two touchdowns. And and Trayvon Grimes was talking about He's like, you know, that's great. You know, he can predict the future, basically. It, 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 it's just a little fun back and forth and then seeing these guys in terms of their bond and so quickly a shorter is just a transfer student from Penn state to see how, how much they grew, but we didn't know necessarily how deep this went. So in eighth grade shorter used to watch highlights of Trayvon Grimes, you know, in, in while he was in high school, I know that they're only a year apart, but that's significant. You, you, you got to think about that. You know, shorters looked up to this guy who's, practically the same build as him i think shorter is an inch taller maybe a few pounds heavier than grimes but they're basically the same exact player in terms of size build and then if you look at the picture that came with that article that i wrote you can see the side by side of both of them having exact same identical catch and touchdown in back-to-back weeks trayvon grimes against georgia and then obviously shorter against arkansas this week i just think that it was a great way for them to both you know connect as players and a bond within this wide receiver group that we know is already close-knit as it is but it it, shorter was fantastic talking about the 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 youtube highlights how close that they are now they've been practicing prior to the season obviously this is in a pandemic so you got a guy who's transferring from penn state within a pandemic doesn't have a spring doesn't really have anything until the fall, but he still puts the work in. And I'll talk about the mom situation a little bit later, but during the offseason, during the summer, he actually worked with Kyle Trask to make sure that, you know, those two were going to have a connection every day in the playbook, making sure he had the playbook down. And these are the little things that you see out of these players where they're going to be getting more reps because they're putting in hard work. You know, if you're not seeing the reps, if you're not seeing the targets, perhaps you got to put in a little bit more work on this Florida Gators wide receiver core because there's not going to be a number one wide receiver. You guys know that. There's going to be a bunch of number twos, basically. This guy is an option two. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I usually say, actually. But <laughs> but uh, it, it's just interesting, the, the work ethic that Shorter has shown. And I thought that the best, the highlight of his press conference, the highlight of you know, what everybody was most fascinated by was he talked about how every day, every single day, regardless, unless it's like a Sunday or a day where, you know, he can't, I guess a Saturday in this case, where he will catch at least a hundred footballs. And now you're thinking, you know, who is he catching those footballs from? Well, apparently his mom, his mom came down from New Jersey where they, you know, they've lived for however long that's where he's from. That's why he went to Penn state. So close. Uh, his mom came down to Gainesville. She actually moved there. He's a mama's boy, self-proclaimed. And she's actually throwing him footballs prior to practice. He talked about literally prior to that practice that they just had on, I guess it would be Monday, They she was there throwing him footballs. And I think that that's just, it's so great to see a player 
coming out and and actually having that want to and the will to 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 get better every single day. So you know that this guy's a hard worker and you've seen it on the field and I'm just excited for him as a person to you know continue to grow and to continue to get to get better. And I think that the Gators are going to be using him a lot more not only this year but definitely next year when a couple of receivers leave. Absolutely. And you talk about him not putting up wide receiver one numbers in this offense because it's just not going to happen. At the same time, his 11 catches for 101 yards are, I mean, that nearly catches up to what he did in two years at Penn State, 15 for 157. So on, on a yards per catch basis, he's literally like right hovering it. He, he's, he's, he's on pace to break that this year for sure. And on top of that, he never scored a touchdown at Penn State. He's got three here. And yep, back we, talk back about, back. we talk about his catch radius. We talk about his length. And we know he's he's an athlete for sure. He's not a burner. I don't think he's got the speed that Grimes does because Grimes is just uniquely fast, I think, for as big of a boundary receiver that he is. I know he's listed at 6'4 now, but he used to be listed at 6'5. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes kind of halfway through there. And now he's now he's in the 220-pound range apparently, and he's – Demetrius, I showed you that play where he ran down Kadarius Tony in the Miami mm-hmm. game from 2019, and you hadn't seen that before. Well, I guess you had, but then we realized I didn't remember. Rhymes. It was just like that. That's very unique speed. Shorter doesn't really have that. He has the physicality. He's a great blocker. He's a great physical specimen through his routes, especially on a vertical stem. When he's going to go up and compete for those 50-50 balls, he knows how to use his physicality. So, yeah, you're right. I, I don't know if he's ever going to be some huge deep threat necessarily. Mm-hmm. He'll make some deep plays every now and then, but he's not going to consistently be that. Whereas he's just a boundary threat. He's a guy that Florida will like him on these underneath, on these underneath mesh routes, on these hook routes. But it's like Kyle Pitts and like Grimes when you can trust a guy to just go up and catch a ball. You know, more than 50% of the time, they are going to come down with that 50-50 ball. It's not even, it shouldn't even be called a 50-50 ball. And I think, I might be misquoting him, but I feel like Trask has even said he's not sure if he should call it a 50-50 ball. I could be wrong. But regardless, with a guy like Shorter and Grimes and Pitts, Trent Whittemore, Xavier Henderson, like this is just what Florida's recruited. Guys like Justin Shorter are going to keep making those types of plays too. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do moving forward because, as you just mentioned, guys like Xavier Henderson, Justin Shorter, Trent Whittemore, who are all going to be there next year. Jamarcus Weston. Sure, all of these guys are huge. So I guess that's just the type of players and the type of receivers that Florida likes. Now, obviously, they got a couple of smaller guys coming in. Um, I'm blanking on his name, but they they have a couple of – Smaller Charles guys Montgomery in this, this is at five eleven. Trent uh, Trevante yeah, Rucker is six foot, but then also Marcus Burke is six three, and he runs as fast as Trayvon Grimes does. And, right. Um, Dejan Reynolds you have, you is six already two here, six two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so you have you have guys that are coming in. There's going to be a blend, but these big guys is you know those are the primary targets that I'm seeing out of this Florida Gators offense this year. And these are the guys that they're developing to play more next year. So it's going to be interesting to see how they play. And obviously to replace that production that Kyle Pitts gives you in the red zone, I think that they should be pretty fine with what's going to go on. I mean, we didn't talk about Xavier Henderson yet, but he had a touchdown. Or did he have a touchdown this game? I think he 
I think he did have a touchdown. Or either way, you know, he he had he had a big play at least. I know that for a fact. And when you're talking about a guy like him, he's going to be getting more reps as as the year goes on. He's going to be getting more reps next year. It's just going to be interesting to to see how they use these big players in this offense moving forward. They're going to be losing one in Grimes, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in the next segment as we move on to the Senior Bowl invites. Grimes, Davis, Moon, and Trask. Sorry, guys. They're not going to use that extra blanket waiver eligibility. They're going to go and make some money at the NFL level, or at least they'll try to with accepting invites to the 2021 Senior Bowl. More on that when we come back. So I've been to the Senior Bowl two years in a row. Demetrius, you were there with me last year with John Shipley from Jaguar Report. And he and it's a good experience. I wanted to go to India this year if possible. But obviously COVID yeah. is going to have a major implication. And regardless, though, it seems like now if I am able to go to anything, it will probably end up having to be the Senior Bowl at, at this point. Just in the first batch of invitations to go out, Florida has already matched the amount of guys that uh, accepted invites last year heading into the game. Now, of course, Tyree Cleveland was added last second. He flew in. It was either late the night before or early the morning of uh, when they were doing the weigh-ins, which was the day after everyone started getting in there and they had the opening day media press conference and stuff. We found out about it that night that Tyree was going to be coming in. Before that, it was Van Jefferson, LaMichael P. Ryan, Jonathan Grenard, and Jabari Zuniga. And that was through several batches of invites as they filled out the roster. And now we're at the point where we're thinking, like, Florida might outdo that this year, considering they've got these four. You, you've still got the idea of a T.J. Slayton, for one. I, I would bet a lot of money that NFL teams are going to want to see him. Same with Stone Forsythe, maybe Brett Heggie as well. Maybe just one of the offensive linemen at that point, and I figure it's probably Stone. But suddenly you're looking at six, maybe seven guys. It, it's going to be another orange and blue year at the Senior Bowl. It really is. It's going to be interesting to see these guys play at the Senior Bowl, especially Kyle Trask. I mean, you know, maybe he will use that eligibility, guys. Maybe he'll come. Sure. No, he, yeah. he, he he's, he's not coming back. He's right. not coming back. Just accept it now. Just accept it in your hearts. This guy's going to probably win the Heisman if he wins against Alabama. I'll keep saying that. I think that that's the game he has to win. If he doesn't win it, he's not winning the Heisman. Um, and he's going to go in the – I I don't know where he's going to go in the draft, but you know, at this point, if he continues on the trajectory, there's a potential for him to go in the first round, which I would have never, ever in a million years have guessed – or nobody, you guys wouldn't have guessed that either, especially before he even got snaps last year. So it's just an incredible performance by him this season, and we're going to see more of that in the Senior Bowl. Obviously, with Sean Davis, he's going to be another guy at the Senior Bowl. He already accepted. It's going to be great for him to get those reps because not necessarily people have seen these guys play too much at Florida. I mean, they, they've seen they've seen enough, but – Last year, they were rotating safeties. He's never been the guy who's, like, completely started every single game and and playing as much as, you know, a normal safety would probably play in certain conferences, certain divisions, certain uh, programs. At the NFL level. Especially at the NFL. Like, you just haven't seen him in that position. So now you're going to be able to see how much of a – how much how versatile this this guy is and and just what he brings to the table. And then Jeremiah Moon, obviously, obviously going is going to be incredible – and Trayvon Grimes. So it, it's going to be interesting to see these guys play at the Senior Bowl. 
And I, I'm really curious to see who else is going to take these acceptance or even get invites. I'm not sure if we've seen if Kadarius Tony has gotten an invite. Kadarius Tony, that's another Stone, one I forgot. Right, Kadarius Tony. If he's gotten an invite, you know, I think he absolutely should accept that. And he's a guy that this year has been incredible for him. And I talked to, or I didn't talk to him, but I, I asked questions to Brian Johnson about Kadarius's explosiveness and sort of how it's kind of toned down a little bit from the first three or four games of the season to the past couple. And it's more of the fact that, you know, they're without Kyle Pitts. Teams are able to play the middle of the field a little bit more. That's where Kadarius Tony thrives. Therefore, you're not going to see the huge explosive plays, but he's still getting the production in terms of touches. So we'll see how he does in the remaining four games of the season, plus the bowl game or whatever games that the Gators continue to play this year. And he's, he, he needs to be a guy that probably accepts it. Him, Brett Heggie, Stone Forsythe, TJ Slayton, all of these guys have potential to get invited to the Senior Bowl and accept these. And you're right, Zach, maybe we see eight or nine people from that the Florida be, Gators uh, that would be roster this year. That'd be and crazy. it would be crazy. I'm not sure crazy, the record. This team, I, yeah, I'm not sure of the record either, but I think right. they would push it or break it. But that, right. that does tell you how good the seniors are here. Oh, man, this is going to be a weird next season. They better hope that the quarterback play – it's still so good because they're going to be losing so much senior talent. But yeah. anyway, uh, with Trask, I mean, specifically with him, there was with what Jim Nagy came out and said in an interview today. He's the senior bowl director. The, the senior bowls had six participating quarterbacks over the last five years get drafted in the first round. And he does think that Kyle can extend that streak. It's crazy, man. I mean, I, I mean, it's the Heisman stuff obviously has given him a ton of momentum now. And I guess everyone's come to the conclusion that we're here. But then you start talking about that. Kyle Trask is a first-round quarterback. Like, whoa. And what, about, and what about your guy, Mac Jones? You know, I, I don't know. He might come out. And I know that he's not a senior, but he could he could end up getting there. He, him, him and Trask are the only two guys, in my opinion, that are really in fair competition – I guess I don't know if you would say fair, but there are only two guys that I think that are probably going to win the Heisman. Justin Fields, if he played a full slate of games, I think that he would be deserved deserved of the Heisman. But I guess we'll have to figure that out as the season progresses. But I mean, you never know. A couple of SEC guys getting in there in the first round, would... especially your best friend. Yeah, my guy Mac, my guy Mac from Bulls High School back in Jacksonville. Yep. Oh, that's that's a can of worms. Anyway. Um, we're, we're keeping this to the to a Gator show, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I just I, wanted to I add am, in add in the other Heisman candidate in that Alabama Florida game that we're all anticipating that's going to be played on December nineteenth. Yeah, whatever. But we will um we will definitely keep everyone updated with what we hear from the Senior Bowl. I'll let you guys know if I end up making the trip myself because right now it seems like that the odds of that are just growing with the chance of going and covering Kyle there. That, that, yeah. that will definitely be a sight to see. I'll give you guys a forewarning. I'm most likely not going to be at the Senior Bowl this year for various reasons. But I mean, I'm hoping I'm not, and it would probably not be a good thing for me to do in the COVID age because I don't know how they can regulate it. Like they, like I mean, in years past, how it operates, just not something that I could see media having so too much freedom with. COVID, so I don't even know. Right. I mean, just just to like kind of paint a picture, I'm not sure if everybody who's watched the Senior Bowl or, you know, has 
seen how the media operates within the senior bowl. They basically, they have us in a huge convention center, not huge. I mean, it's a, just a hotel basically um, where there's a big lobby at uh, upstairs and everyone kind of congregates there for a long time, wherever they're doing writing, they could stumble upon a scout or two, talk to them. They could stumble upon a player or two. Essentially everybody gets accepted. If you're a budding media member, you'll get accepted into the senior bowl credentials list. So it's I, one of those things it's where it's funny. There's too they many. actually they have yeah. on their site they say they want people you gotta be twenty one plus and I know someone that got in at the age of thirteen as a media member. Right. So they basically, <laughs> you know, you you guys, hey, it I kinda wanna see this. You guys go ahead and fill out one of those credential forms whenever they post it and see if you guys get accepted. I think it you might. You might you might have a chance to go to the senior bowl as a media member. Just try it. You might as well. Um, Honestly, but I digress. Yeah. I, there's there's <laughs> definitely the possibility of it. Anyway, mm-hmm. I think that will just about do it for today's episode of Locked On Gators. So if you enjoyed this show, of course, make sure to go subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, and of course, listen anywhere you can listen to podcasts. You can listen to Locked On Gators. Make sure to go follow us on Twitter. Myself at Zach underscore Goodall, Demetrius at Demetrius eighty two. And most importantly, at Locked on Gators. Catch up with you guys next time.